Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. After like three weeks, I am jet lagged, George, returning home from from this hiatus where I went to glorious Nippon. Uh, we we have Jimmy Belikoff and Matt Visual as usual. Hello. Roses is back. Hola. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me back. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a long while. How long has it been? A while. Oh, a while. A while. <laughs> <laughs> As I quickly go to our, our website to search. So, so have you been have you been playing lots of lots of schlock garbage like Harvester lately? Um, I mean, I'm always I'm always paying, playing some kind of garbage game, but actually, I don't know. Maybe some people would think this is a garbage game. I don't. Uh, I've been playing through FF8 uh, because oh, I didn't even know I didn't even know it was on Steam. I was lamenting on my stream. I'm like, oh, I have no good way of playing FF8. And they're like, you know, it's on Steam and it's been there for years, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> I did not know this. So I've been binging on that uh, for the last week, I would say. I'm wondering Great. what version of FF8 they put on Steam, because back in the day, Square Enix was actually putting out pretty decent PC ports of FF7 and FF8. And those were actually the first versions of those games I played. Mm hmm. And yeah, um, I don't, I don't yeah, know what version it is. It looks like, great, though. Oh, this nine was uh, a port of the was it Android or I guess mobile? Oh, the mobile version. Yeah, yeah, because that was like the missing link back in the day. That like this trio of PlayStation FF games that everyone like loves and worships actually was on PC back in the day, except for mm -hmm. nine. They didn't put that one out until like last year, I think. <sighs> Or actually, no, earlier this year. Yeah. But yeah, the PC version of Final Fantasy VIII was, like, really solid back in the day. It's really nice being able to play these games without, like, the vertexes trembling all over the place whenever anyone moves. <laughs> mm hmm Having, like, nice, clean texture filtering. And um, Oh, it looks gorgeous. I mean, I thought it looked gorgeous at the time, uh, especially at the time. My mind was blown. Oh, that first uh, cutscene. Oh, yeah. Is, is, like, killer. It, it, it yeah. hits you. I, uh, I actually played maybe an hour or two of that back when I was very young with my friend who owned it, mm. and we just like played and got all the party members, and then that was the end of that. Uh, or not all, but like you know some party members. Otherwise, I don't know anything about Final Fantasy VIII other than the fact that it's the one where they introduced gunblades for the first time, right? Yes, yeah, gunblades. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. There, therefore, it's the best Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, debatable. I'm kidding, of course. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Although replaying it, I realized just how many cutscenes are in this game. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! Like yesterday, I went and prepared dinner and came back, <laughs> and there was still like things going on. I'm like, this cutscene is like 30 minutes long, and it's not that I'm not cool with long cutscenes. I I love adventure games. I love heavy narrative games. It's fine. Metal it's Gear. Just, yeah. Metal Gear, sure. They all have really long cutscenes. But, well, that, doesn't Metal Gear have like an hour long cutscene? I'm not talking yeah. like cinema long. M M MGS4 yeah. is the MGS4 one that gets I, stupid with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I, it's not that I don't like it, it's just I'm itching to actually play so there's like a little bit of battle le far less than i remember and maybe i'm just not patient anymore maybe that's what's really going <laughs> on here i'm just an old fart and i'm just not patient 
But every time I get through, like, even the smallest battle, I'm talking, like, five-minute battle, bam, 30-minute cutscene of Absurd Story. I don't know if you, if, I know, Jimmy, you said you didn't play it, but do you guys know the story for FF8 at all? I, I, yeah. yeah. When I was do you think young, it's stupid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty <laughs> dumb. I'm like, I like this game, but this is dumb. Like, but this it has is not triple good. triad. <laughs> that, that's about the only good thing people are tweeting me about. It's like, oh, what about Triple Triad? I'm like, yeah. Which apparently had a physical release in 1999, much in the same way that Gwent <laughs> had a physical <laughs> release in 2015 and 16. I oh, mean, man. I'm pretty much sold on Gunblades, but I don't think I could. I, I can't even play through seven, so I don't think I would be able to play through eight with Aww. extreme cutscene. Extreme. Yeah. I don't know if seven is that bad. I like seven. Uh, the intro. Yeah. The intro. Was don't say seven is great. bad on the internet. The internet will just like <laughs> fall out from underneath you. It, it, I I almost just kind of stay away with, from certain games that I really enjoyed as a kid, especially the JRPGs. Oh my gosh, because I know yeah. seeing it through my adult view, I'm going to be like, this is a piece of garbage. <laughs> why did I ever like? It's like seeing kid shows again. You know, oh it's yeah. Like, why did I? Why did I like Clifford the Big Red Dog for? <laughs> what the hell is this? Except yeah. for SpongeBob, which is timeless yeah, and still funny. Is still good. <laughs> The old school SpongeBob, not new school SpongeBob. But yeah, I mean, you didn't watch the new one when you were a kid. I'm talking about the the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good old. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, the it's, good old. It's days. really the same way with like child, like edutainment games, childhood games. You think oh, yeah. you yeah. think you enjoy them way more because as a kid you did. As a kid, it's like, oh my god, putt putt. This is this is this is the best thing of my life. Like right now, as a kid, play it as an adult. It's like, yes, yeah, this is a good game. But was I a stupid kid? Like, why did I like this? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a brutal moose. Ian, he plays like every review he does on his channel. I'm like, oh man, I played that when I was a kid, and it's like consistently like back to back to back. And he did, uh, God, what was that like? Those edutainment games where you're like the weird kid with a bright teal jacket, like a pop color, and your hat's like super low over your face. Yeah, the Super Solver games. Super Solvers. Yeah, he played that, and I was like. Wow, this looks terrible, but oh. I really liked it when I was a kid. <laughs> I want to point out that Final Fantasy VIII on, on Steam requires a 3 gigahertz processor and 4 gigabytes <laughs> of RAM. Wow. wow. Wasn't the That's PS1 like <laughs> a, a minor fraction of a fraction of that? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, those those cool. are the recommended specs. The minimum is actually a 2 gigahertz processor and 1 gigabyte of RAM. That uh, sounds more online. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the PS1 stutter? had like 32 megabytes of RAM. <laughs> if you Maybe can't play even on, the, less. on a laptop, there's a problem. Yeah. yeah. So problem. so it's it's always it's it's always funny well, you to always read. Use emulator. <laughs> system requirements. Well, sorry, what was that? <laughs> sorry? I'm sorry. Oh, that's a dirty word. So on the she, internet, yeah. There is I'll a try lot to cover of, like, up. Really, really vocal and like valid criticism over Final Fantasy VIII and how stupid the story gets. But I remember the first like two to four hours of this game, and I remember having the time of my life with them. Yeah, I agree. That sounds like the that sounds like the least time of your life part of any JRPG. <laughs> but the first like four just hours based on my JRPG experience, it always seems go. like 
it but it seems like that's why i can't get into seven because it's like two hours in and i was like jesus christ can i play a game yet like no it's gotta like give you the call of duty (laughs) treatment where it just like wisps you through really freaking cool set pieces over and off again final fantasy 8 at some point i remember in the first four hours you land on a beach and like have a like d-day assault where where you you land a little gunboat on a beach under lots of gunfire and have to like turn-based battle your way through enemy bunkers and then the bad guy shows up and kicks an actual dog to show that he's a bad guy and it's just it's going through like all the tropes all the tropes like rapid breakneck speed and that's what was so good about the golden age of final fantasy games like the first four hours of like six to ten are freaking solid oh oh i don't know i really like the first four hours of seven too except how it uses really bad sound effects i don't know disclaimer for everyone out there and for roses who probably doesn't doesn't know me as well as the podcast listeners i don't like jrpgs i have never been able to get into them so all of this is spoken through sarcasm and i don't actually mario rpg considered a jrpg yeah, uh, no, yes, but yeah, I haven't I played so. it. Yeah, technically yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 And, oh, you haven't played and also, it? Oh. No, and also, I think I would be into that one because I was into Paper Mario and I was into it because it had action elements in the combat. It's Paper a Mario's different tone, too. Mario is a yeah. much different tone hey, than, than Final yeah. Fantasy. But yeah, definitely. if you like but, pressing a button when your turn-based animation plays, you... <laughs> boy, do we have a Final Fantasy for you. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, you also, know how you uh, like extremely blades? emo, extremely emo characters, but particularly <laughs> FF8. I didn't think Cloud was that bad. Squall of FF8 is the most sad character I've ever seen Cause, in cause my entire they, life. They saw Cloud working and they're like, oh, we need to do more of that. Oh, God. How can we make Cloud more Vincent and less cool? It's so extreme. Just every piece of dialogue from Squall is like, whatever. Who cares? Nothing matters. There's I'm an like, actual oh my God. screenshot of him just like saying whatever and another character's text box coming up after that's just like dot 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 okay. Yep, dot dot dot. It is the worst use of the ellipsis so ever. So many dot dot dots that you have to mash your X button through. And I am, I, let me say this, I am 25 hours into the game and there is no Oof. development thus far of this character. He is still angsty and emo and just completely oh, insufferable. Those first four hours, though. There's a trade robbery. The first four hours as you do a trade robbery. It's it's a good four Spoilers. hours. Yeah, but it's just for the first four hours of a, like, 40-hour game. <laughs> Jimmy does not care. <laughs> not one bit. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm always the, the rain on parade of... The virtual reality and Final Fantasy games. Also, so. remember the part where Renault and Squall get trapped in a space station with aliens <sighs> and xenomorphs coming after them, and they like decide to make out or something. Dude, spoilers! It's so <laughs> weird. Have you? <laughs> it's have, very strange. So you have gotten to that part because I remember that being at like a solid midway point. I have not gone to that part oh, yet. Shit. I do remember it. I do remember it uh, okay, from my so childhood. You remember it. Okay. Ruining no, everything. no, no, I've, I've played this game before. Yeah, um, yeah. It was actually my first RPG ever, just at all, RPG at all. I had not played one. Uh, I did not grow up on an SNES like some of my friends, and that's kind of where all the awesome RPGs were. I had a Genesis, so I was busy in side-scroller land. Uh, but eventually, I had FF8 for the PC. It got really into it, 
except now I just I still love it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's not as fun as I remember it being. And I just came off of I played FF7 not long ago. So I came off of that, got into eight and the mechanics are completely different. I didn't realize that in this game, if you level up, the enemies level up with you and you never have an edge. There's no point in grinding um, or leveling up. You will never have an edge over no, the enemies. You gotta suck all the summons from the common enemies so you can use them on the boss. That's actually, um, I actually kind of like that idea. Well, I don't know if it was executed right, but it's all about how, execution uh, for sure. That that's how was it? The Lost uh, Odyssey was it like that. Oh, I played that's a little honest. bit of that. I think. Yeah. Is that the one where when you do an attack, it goes like an over-the-shoulder cam, and you're running at it, and there's like a circle that's like a yeah. You have to hit buttons on rhythm and stuff. Yeah. Again, I like things where you push the th buttons while action's happening. I'm not a huge fan right. of turn-based stuff. And in FF8, <sighs> if you mash the X button at the right moment, a squall's attack, you get a little damage boost. Yeah, from the well, gun I'm blade. Soul. Best Final Fantasy. Mm, yep. 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 <laughs> There was a developmental moment for me where I was watching the the very excellent Spoonie review of FF8, you know, like one of the greats, the all-time best Spoonie video. And um he he's talking about how you how grinding works in this game and how you have to suck all your summon spells from common enemies. And <laughs> there's one point during the rant where he's just like screaming, "What does this look like? What does three units of magic look like? This process is so <laughs> abstract." And I was sitting there in my computer, being like, "You know what? That 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 makes a lot of sense. That's a valid critique. I should I should learn how to do that." It's true, and that is what you do in terms of grinding. I have a little bit of a strategy. I killed Squall. In my battles, mm -hmm. and because the enemies level up with Squall and not the other characters, <laughs> I'm leveling them up and just having him pass out. You know what? You can just oh, be dead. Yeah, I just that's that's dirty. I, you, 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 you oh, you should have seen the battle. You should you should have seen the battle yesterday. I started to feel bad. I had my characters kill Squall in battle. Wow! I'm like I'm sorry. I don't know any better way to do this, but oh my god, what this is the best that's game like, ever. <laughs> That's like actually using the legendary Pokemon when you capture it like halfway through the game. And you're just like, yeah, I'm going to use this. And you just win everything afterwards for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Um, well, speaking of uh, body pillows, George. Why were we speaking of body pillows? Why weren't we speaking of body pillows? Yes, that is a true question. So Akihabara um, is really creepy, you guys. <laughs> I've seen the videos. <clears throat> you care to expand oh, on that? Yeah, yeah. Clear, that Clear that throat. Um, <laughs> I, I decided to take the nerd pilgrimage to, to glorious Nippon. And it was right. really expensive and took forever, but I'm finally back. And uh, we got really weird with it on the last day. I don't know. Like, should I talk about video games or should I talk about how weird we got on the last day? I mean, uh, you've teased little, us now. Because it's little so little good. Yeah, it's... we, we got to get some, but, okay. you know. Okay. On the very last day of this trip, uh, I, I I decided to meet up with a fan of mine on Twitter who um, is a really cool oh. guy. But but when when we showed up in person, we, we, we started talking and, and evidently this was his fifth trip to Japan. Wow. Ah. This, this guy speaks Perfect. Well, perfect. He speaks fluent conversational uh, uh, Nihongo, which ended up opening up a bunch of doors for us. And we happened to be in Akihabara 
and and this is something I never even thought about when I first arrived. But over the last few days, the um, the the tension was mounting, and I decided that I wanted to go to a maid cafe. Okay. okay. So at, at the maid cafes, they they try to be really cute, right? You um are supposed to like do cute little incantations with them. Pick that, your that, words carefully. Supposed to make your food taste better. You uh <laughs> you you make a little heart sign with your hands. What? And, and the instructions. Is there food that bad that you have to do cute actually, little incantations? Actually, so the <laughs> Japan's sweets are really, really mild compared to ours. And and it was a little hard to get used to because like when you eat a piece of chocolate most of the time, unless it's like uh, uh, actually labeled like bittersweet or su- sweet chocolate, it just really doesn't kick you. They the coffee is like super mild too, so that's how they they manage to like love these really girly desserts so much, but don't have as much of an obesity. Pro- well, actually, there's a lot of reasons. Their stuff isn't packed with sugar and salt, so when you get a like really girly, stupid looking dessert, it's it's really not that intense. When you're actually eating through it, you're like, oh, this is quite mild. It doesn't taste like anything. In fact, it kind of tastes like mush. But mm. at this maid cafe, I ordered some stupidly frilly, cute looking girly dessert, and it was the sweetest goddamn thing. <laughs> I had in all of Japan, so sweet, in fact, that it tasted like a normal dessert in the States. Dang. Maybe your incantation was wrong. Maybe I made it work because I was you, missing you channeled the wrong energy. good chocolate. Like, I was having the time of my life, but I really missed, like, coffee and chocolate that had a bite to it. Um, but It's probably because your body is used to U.S. and not right, used to right. the way you eat The food there, yeah. is so freaking good. And it's so cheap. You can like go across the street of any place in Japan and find like a three dollar rice bowl that that's amazing. But a lot of the desserts like that look amazing, like cafe food that looks really, really good, just tastes like mush. But that's 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 fine. That's okay. That's just like one genre of food. And maybe maybe the incantation actually worked because what you do is you make a heart with your hand and smile mm-hmm. and say, <laughs> "Moi, moi, Q." Oh, you no. have evidence of this. Come on. Yes, I Please posted the picture me. on Twitter. It's the only picture in no, Japan of me smiling. No, video. no we need I a want video. video. <laughs> you're not. You're. You're not allowed to take videos in the maid cafe. Okay, well, that's probably smart on their part, actually. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Because <laughs> apparently some some Japanese Whoa. men have gotten too weird with it and, and have used no. photos in the maid cafe not, for exploitive no. purposes. Wow. No, that doesn't sound like a thing that human beings would do. <laughs> no. So, um, so the maid cafe is like the U.S. Hooters, basically. Yeah, kind of, except but it's, it, it's hard. more like it's a better. Hooters. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Like, they do birthdays for, for children, and children get in at, like, reduced half prices. So it's, like, hard to tell if this market is for, like, kids or, like, Japanese girls who want to be really cute. And Japanese girls always want to be really cute. The, the ones in the regions that I was at. There was, like, a girl on the subway on the way... <laughs> home from the day before the maid cafe who is like covered in cute little eeyore merchandise and i was just like Dude, <laughs> what you don't you don't see that anywhere else and yeah, um I, I actually from winnie eeyore, from winnie the pooh eeyore, yeah, she, yeah she was eeyore I, girl what she, i actually follow uh was an she artist a donkey hat yes <laughs> no way oh you mean like I, one of those cute little donkey hats okay hang on where, where they still show that. the face right donkey I'm hat assuming? 
was a donkey. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, actually, okay. I I know. I I see what you're talking about now. And yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like heavily stylized, but oh my god, it was one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that is more of a cultural thing over there. I follow a uh, a Japanese artist on Instagram. And in between her art of Splatoon and Pokemon that she posts, she just posts like all of the like cute Japan only merchandise, clothes, and stuff. It's super that is cute. All There's to cute stuff Pokemon everywhere. And, and I'm really I feel like this. I would just not survive that at all. I would just <laughs> not, not survive that. I would be like, what is like, this cutesy saccharine bullshit? Keep it away. Japanese femininity <laughs> is like all about saccharine cutesy bullshit. And and like the effects of having fifty percent of the population pushing for cute saccharine bullshit to be everywhere is readily oh. visible. We were riding the Shinkansen wow. to the other cities, to Hiroshima and Kyoto, and when they close down the car for cleaning, they rope it off and put a sign up that says, Sorry, you can't enter, it's clean. We gotta clean the train. And the sign is in the shape of a cute little kitty cat. Wow. Perfect. And there's just like high pitched saccharine bullshit anime music playing in the background of everywhere like all the depressing locations the the soundtrack of japan right now is saccharine bullshit anime music wow and and you'd be like walking through a convenience store and everyone looks dead and and you just like hear this incredibly like cutesy ultra kawaii high-pitched anime girl voice blaring about the power of friendship in the background Thank um, God. So we were sitting at the reminds me of, yeah, yeah. Reminds me of Anime Expo 2011. The only time I went to Anime Expo, and it was quiet for for like a moment. And I turned to my friend and I said, "You know what? It's like one o'clock, and I haven't heard Carmel Dancing once today." And then Carmel Dancing started literally the second I finished that sentence in the booth next to me <laughs> they, they on full. Gotta run. fill that quota. Yeah. Um. So so we're <laughs> you, in, in the maid cafe. Enjoying our oh, we're not done with this. Our, our <laughs> stupidly saccharine sweet dessert, and and someone who is a dead ringer for for Itagaki walks in onto the other side. I don't know if you guys know to- Tomonobu Itagaki, the the guy who made Devil May Cry, not Devil May Cry, um, Devil's Third and Dead or Alive uh, and and Ninja Gaiden. Like like I don't know what he looks like, but I'll take your word for it. Right. Someone who looks exactly like him, who was a dead ringer for for Tamanobu Itagaki, sat down at the other side of the table from us with the friend of his. And and the mm-hmm. reason why it's so notable is because Itagaki has like long, sleek black hair, uh, a kind of like bubbly texture to his face, and he wears sunglasses inside. And someone across the table from us had long, sleek black hair, a kind of bubbly texture to his face, and was wearing sunglasses inside. And, like, my friends were like, is that Itagaki? And I'm like, no, no. And so I get on Google Image Search and look up pictures of Itagaki. The guy is a dead ringer for Itagaki. Uh, yeah. He has a friend with him. And uh, next thing that happens is that the maid comes out with a board of photographs of other maids and says, which maid is your favorite? Which one do you want a picture of? And that was so weird. Because it's mm. like, what? how what what mm. what am i supposed to say they put me on the spot so i just looked at the girl who we got and said you of course 
Oh, George, you're so smooth. I, yeah. Yeah. Did and you crack in your voice a little? No. Of course. <laughs> um, they, they call you up to a stage. They call you. Oh, God. They call you. They, they call you master. So. so yeah. Oh, one, I mean, the maid got on a microphone and said, would my master, George, please come to the stage? Oof. Oh, this is this is it's, another level from wait, Hooters. There's I no actually, way. I have I have another one for for okay. when this one's over. Uh, I I Let's. go up to the stage. I walk past Itagaki <laughs> and um and and I just don't have the heart to make the George face. I thought it would be hilarious if I got mm-hmm. up there and made this like dull, absolute, positively deadpan expression that I've been working on for this trip and that I've been nailing. <laughs> Because I think it would be hilarious to have like all this cutesy stuff going on in my face just being like, no. But I didn't have the heart to do it because you're standing on a stage in a Japanese maid cafe in front of like 50 people and these wow. like girls who just whose job it is to try to act and be as cute as possible. And, and I couldn't do it. So I, I just smiled. And and the girl next to me looks like really weirded out by that. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, and and then they do a song and a dance. At some point, a disco ball came on, and, nice. and they were like, "And this is for fr- this is all for free? Like this oh, just happens no. every." Oh, oh, you got to pay up <laughs> for this. This is this is entertainment oh. dinner oh. theater. Uh, Interesting. I think we all walked out spending about like twenty bucks each in a group of oh, three, so it wasn't bad. too bad. But we also didn't get an entree; we just got a dessert and coffee course. I mean, for the experience, it sounds about fine yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but- twenty dollars for like a dance and food, <laughs> and a yeah, that's, that's like that's photo. like nothing. I just paid twenty five <laughs> bucks to park in Chicago today. And I didn't it's, get no uh, dance or food I or anything. That. Did you That's, do um, a cute Moe enchantment that makes your parking space better? I, don't, <laughs> I do not think I have that ability. As soon as I try to do that, my inner Robert Smith would come in and it would just end up extremely depressing. Speaking of being extremely depressing, <laughs> during the song and dance routine about... Oh, no. We, we, we took a look at the audience as they were like doing this this horribly saccharine stupidly cutesy anime bullshit and and everyone in the in the room just looked absolutely dead so like imagine (laughs) you being in this incredibly cutesy outfitted maid cafe building and and there being a disco ball on and the lights dimmed and on the stage are like five anime girls irl doing a dance and then looking across the audience and either seeing one of two things, tourists get like us giggling their pants off and actual Japanese people with like the the George face on, like mm-hmm. lo- looking completely dead and exhausted and being like, what is my life coming to? Uh, but then about a minute into the song at well after the music actually started, the place got nuts. <laughs> the actual japanese people suddenly like switched on having fun mode and it's really funny seeing that happen but like the friend itagaki was with was like having the time of his life all of a sudden and like waving his arms around the air and like singing the words to the song and like 
flipping out and tilting his body across the table. And that's when we had to leave because he could only stay an hour. Did something oh. happen to make people suddenly be like, yeah, party? Like, what, what happened? What changed? I, I, I guess they were, they were overworked after a long day and, and had to get into it. Because, uh, well, because, because it's a, it's a big problem, actually, is Japanese work culture. It's very exhausting. And them having fun is something they got to like warm up to. I didn't mm -hmm. see them have fun publicly until Friday night after 10 p.m. Other than that, it was all business. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Well, speaking of, uh, I don't know, let's go with Friday night at 10 p.m. Matt, what have you been playing this week? Um, okay. I've been playing a little XCOM 2 on the free time to, to distract oh, me. Right. Uh, yeah, is it the old I, XCOM friend, 2 or the, the new XCOM 2? Uh, the, the, the new XCOM okay. 2. Well, I mean, both of them yeah. are, like, supposedly really good. Yeah, supposedly, yeah, yeah. 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 This one... Um, I, my friend was like saying, oh, you can create your own characters and, and put them in your game. And if they die, you know, you feel like that emotional attachment to them and all this stuff. He was spitting me all this garbage. And I was like, fine, fine. I'll give it a try. So I, I sat there and I made a bunch of people in my character pool, um, and went in there. Like you could even like, I like made my mom a VIP. So like when, when you go to, uh, to a mission, she can be like a scientist or an engineer that you save <laughs> at this mission or whatever. And you have to choose to see if like, if you want to go on this mission to save your mom or you have to choose uh, this other mission that might give you a little <laughs> bit more benefits. It's ridiculous. So, so it adds a little bit more flavor. Okay. Like, it's like save your mom. On the other hand, it's like get a temporary bonus at work. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh man! <laughs> yeah, exactly. This depends on how much you like your mom or why you put <laughs> right. her in the game in the first place. I'm having to dice. like quantify the love you have for your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really need her in this game? Oh hmm. boy, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, but I, I, th I don't know. It's a turn-based strategy game. Everyone knows about XCOM. You know, you're. You're fighting against the aliens, and you have a squad with you that you move little by little. It's kind of like um, Fire Emblem, kind of mm -hmm. like that. Eh, of course, a bit different, um, and uh, a lot different. Uh, I, it, it's just very <laughs> unsafe. Like, I was playing on Veteran, which is I thought was normal. But I was getting my behind handed mm -hmm, to me. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that just it just you you, you just you, you can't control these things. People are going to die no matter yeah, what it's, you it's do. It's one of those real hard games, isn't it? Yes. You, you have a timer, too. You can't just take your time. No, you have a timer. So you every choice you make and you might think your choice is amazing. But oh, guess what? You move the head just a little bit and you're automatically spotted because you're in that range. Automatically, they see you and this stupid snake thing throws poison and poisons half of your crew. And then they all slowly die. It, it's, <laughs> it, it like forces you to be like, you know what? I'm going to reload my freaking save. OK, no, screw you. I'm going to be save scumming. And and you, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to have the game force you into something like that. I, I ended up putting it on 
uh, whatever easy is called. Easy is it's called something, but it's um, like I don't think it's actually easy. I think it's normal. It's it's for people who have. Uh, I think the text says for people who have a um, little experience with XCOM or a, a or have experience with F XCOM F XCOM FCOM. Wow, uh, XCOM. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, it got a little bit better, alleviated some of the stress. What it does is gives you a little bit more uh, aim multipliers if you're missing a lot and stuff like that. Because, mm. I mean, dude, like when when you're right up against somebody, um, and you have fifty percent chance to shoot someone that's literally right up against you, like you're breathing on the alien's back, and yeah, you miss fifty percent. That that gets you pissed. All right, that yeah. is like, oh hell no. Okay, this is a. How could you miss this? I couldn't miss it in real life, and I've never even shot anybody. So it's it's. You just, don't know until you try. <laughs> I'm, yeah, glad you, I'm glad you put that admission in there. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make sure I say that. All from all the other stories I've told on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know if I. I think. I really like it, but I in half I halfway like it, halfway really don't like it. Because I feel like it's unfair sometimes. Like really mm-hmm. unfair. And you don't want uh a like two of your guys to die just because you know the enemy just rolled the dice or they spawn behind you immediately after <laughs> like there's nobody like stuff like that just it's not fair. I don't know. It's and then it makes me feel like there were some strategy games. Uh, I can't remember which one, but there was one where you can kind of undo your actions to see. Okay, how do I fix this? Okay, they're gonna be coming from here, so I can do. And I I quite like that feeling as well. I know some people might not agree with that, but like mm. with this, if if you were to like reboot, roll back a save, and like okay, they're gonna come through here. I should move my guys to this direction. So it almost makes me feel like restarting the whole mission and redoing it because right, right. It, it, it gives you preparation. You, you don't know that, especially in the beginning, early campaign, and you know nothing about XCOM, you will be getting destroyed. And you don't feel like you, I don't know, you don't feel like playing anymore. Um it, it got a little bit easier midway campaign. I, I played a few hours of it. I quite like it. It's it's just that I I don't I, 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 I don't know if I'm feeling, gonna finish it. I might get depressed have, with him. Like okay, <laughs> all right, no, my my guy died. I and no. The no, thing I'm is, good. that it, that sounds like something right up my alley because I'm I really love it when like emergent systems kind of topple a Rude Goldberg machine in place that that makes you see how the game's system of consequences works. And I've never played any of the new XCOM games. I've always heard good things. I've always wanted to. I just never got around to it. it well, think of this. Um, if you're and if you're any of your guys get hit, they're automatically wounded and will be out of your team for a while. Okay. Then you would have to bring a rookie in who has no levels no additional abilities, nothing fresh, right? That you would have to level up as that guy heals. 
And if he got wounded and he's shaken, you would have to bring him in and he'll be it, it, he, he'll be easily mind controlled by the enemy and stuff like that. There's a lot of that. So if you're interested in just constant hell, this might be the game for you. Yeah, I, haven't, I have not hell. played it either, but I when people were playing it, uh, there was a time where just everyone was playing it. Uh, every every producer colleague, they were all playing it together, seemingly. And uh, I, I saw that they were like making me as a character. And now I'm depressed knowing that my character is probably killed or <laughs> oh, something. Your character was absolutely killed. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it it's so easy to die. It's so easy, and it, it's really cool. the the moments when it works, and you do th- something so like you just have that mission that really there's like a whole bunch of enemies coming through, and you put everyone on Overwatch, and you tap them, and Overwatch meaning if an enemy goes inside your view, you automatically shoot them uh, with no oh, consequence. Okay, I see. <laughs> yeah, I thought for so a second that you, you meant. You put it on a mode where uh, you stop playing it and play a more fun game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, Overwatch is I'd like a fun. Overwatch sure. is like a, a skill thing that you pick when you I, like move your character. Yeah, wait, I'm it, kidding, yeah. XCOM fans. I'm that I don't actually have any opinions on XCOM. You're gonna get a lot of well, actually's now. So nice, yeah. nice job there. Actually, <laughs> well, actually, I'm so excited to mute like 15 more people. <laughs> When it works, it works, and it's incredibly f- satisfying. But it it's it's hard when someone dies, especially when they're such a big part of your team. I mean, so sometimes people are just good. Like they'll have thirty percent chance of uh, missing a shot, and they'll nail it every single time, and way better than all your other characters. And then that person dies, you feel horrible. You're like, oh. Oh, I shouldn't have. I sh- I shouldn't have thought he was invincible because <laughs> he died from something so from a, a stupid poison or a grenade or whatever like that. Yeah, but yeah. At least it's yeah. a type of frustrating that you don't fully give up on. It's a type of frustrating that it sounds like it makes you want to kick the game's ass, and yeah, you don't necessarily want to give it up. It's just frustrating enough. But by being yeah. frustrating, it just makes you want to want to climb that mountain harder. Right. Right. Maybe it's just no. yeah. Until you run out of rookies because you're dying too. I mean, you don't actually die that much, but like, yeah, you do, you do die. Yeah, so be careful. And you will you can fail missions too. So yeah, be careful. Be careful. You'll see what if you if you start playing George, you'll you'll see and you you understand the pain. I'll be having the time of my life. I'll have more fun than I had at the maid cafe. Mm, mm. That sounded like a superb time. So I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I was having a blast. Oh my gosh! I, I well, need to, I need to get a winner. But yeah. Well, speaking of having a blast, uh, we're gonna go to a break and then do news afterwards. It's a great segue. <laughs> wow, Bush. that's really good. You did it. <laughs> Oh shit, shit. Now the pressure's on though. Act natural, George. Act natural. Just 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 blended. You know, that's how I'll do it. Okay. 
you know, I'm really sorry that the uh, story about the maid cafe went on as long as it did. <laughs> oh, but you didn't get to, you know, tell the other story about yeah, the yeah, cosplayers. The, the cosplay cafe, that was yeah. even weirder. It was even, like, more creepy and disgusting. And uh, I guess that one's just going to be lost to the ether forever because we don't got time for that. We got we to gotta talk now. about the news. For now, in my imagination, however, I'm just imagining a coffee place with people cosplaying as, like, superheroes, and it's the best thing ever in my mind. Well, a lot of businesses in Japan that call themselves cafes don't actually serve coffee. What the- what? What? Wow. How do people survive? Uh, Like, I'm tired just hearing that. Like, no caffeine? (laughs) They go across the street and get a really good $3 rice bowl. What? No. Uh, I'll charge you right up with all those uh, carbs. So, carbs. Yeah. So, 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 Jimmy, you uh, did a did a thing where you were taking fan questions from Twitter for for guests, right? Kinda. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Are you are you regretting as in, it? As in I, well, no. I I just. I mean, I said if you have any questions for future guests, tweet them at me. And I got one tweet <laughs> oh. about it. I'm I'm sorry that like nobody is interested in asking me questions. I get bombarded with questions all the time. To to be fair, uh, that is one more question than we've ever got about the podcast. Oh, um, uh, all if right. you don't if okay. you don't count if you don't count, it's two o'clock. Is the did you do the podcast this week, <laughs> or is there a podcast this week, or is George awake? Um, <laughs> I don't think those count. I keep falling. No, asleep. those don't count. It's because of all that not coffee you had in Japan, or didn't have, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> It's called Boss Coffee, and you could get it black, and the can just says Black Boss all over it. It's great. <laughs> what? That's, that's, you that's a, the you have a picture brand. of that too, right? Because, oh, no, so I anyway, just look that up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. type in "black boss" in Google, and that'll probably black be what boss. comes up. I'm so sorry, Jimmy. I understand you're trying. So, to so move wait, what, what was the question? What was the question that, that we got for roses? Uh, a black man came up in a business suit, by the way. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> We're googling for black bosses. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I apologize to the Twitter user who asked me this question. I saw it when I was very tired, and I think it was literally a week ago when the podcast dropped. I remember your question. Uh, thank you. You know who you are. <laughs> but very smooth. Very smooth. Yeah, the worst. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie and say that I you saved see, it here on the TOVG cast. We're honest about ourselves, about each other, and about you. Yeah, <laughs> and frankly, yeah. we don't remember who you are, and that's just the honest truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a cat, and I t- I post pictures of the cat, and I get like 50 replies on that. So all of the other stuff gets lost in between that. Okay, I apologize. We we, we had we cute. had a Go question on for roses like yes, an hour question, ago. The question was why it basically why do you primarily focus on DOS games on your channel and and in general like that is the question. I think a, that's a broad, 
broad question. That is really broad. I mean, the the, the very simple answer is that uh, they are the games that make me the most happy. Uh, they are the games that I grew up on in the past. Are the games I know the most about and that I'm happy to talk about. And I like the community as well. There's a great community in the PC gaming world, the retro world, I should say. I don't know about the modern PC gaming. I can't speak for that, but uh, I like the community a lot. And yeah, just really simple answer. I just connect with DOS games the most. I grew up on DOS computers. And um, I recall when I was in college, when I was trying to pick a major, this is this is related, I promise. When mm-hmm. I was trying to pick yeah, a major, yeah. um, somebody said... Do what you like, pick a major you like, but if you can, pick a major you're good at as well, and you won't feel mm. like things are wasted. Do, do something you're good at. I'm like, I know what I'm good at. I'm good at it talking talking about DOS games. I'm really good at that, <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I also thought there was kind of a, a niche that was kind of yet to be fulfilled. A couple other producers came along and helped me to fill that, but I, I really honestly felt that there weren't a lot of people doing adventure-type retro games. Not dedicated. Not, like, dedicated reviews. And that's right. not what all my reviews are. Uh, but they're probably the most viewed on my channel. Um, I mm-hmm. saw that there weren't people doing licensed adventure games, and I thought those were such an interesting set of games to do, especially from the 90s, all the ridiculous licensed adventure games. There's even more than than people think. You know, people have forgotten yeah. about them completely. Uh, Wayne's World adventure game, Beavis and what? Butthead adventure game. Yeah, oh. yeah. So wait, uh, Daria. I, knew about, I knew about the Beavis and Butthead side-scroller on SNES, but is the adventure game, like... There are two adventure games for oh Beavis and Butthead. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Beavis and Butthead and Virtual Stupidity and the uh, sequel, Beavis and Butthead uh, Do You, which, yes, is innuendo, so, of so course. Is that like a dating mm-hmm. sim? It is not. It is a full-blown uh, 2D animated adventure game. And actually, wow. the first advent- Beavis and Butthead, the first adventure game, it's a good game. It's actually really, really good. Yeah, you know, Beavis people- and Butthead seems like the perfect license for that almost. It is. Like, it like is. The and logical people puzzles make sense in that world. I- illogical, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there's there's like a puzzle where you have to scrape like a dead squirrel off the ground with a spatula. It's very it's very true. Let's just say that <laughs> not every li- li- not every licensed game is true uh, to where they came from. The Wayne's World adventure game was about uh, pizza and. Raising money with a pizza thon, it was it was downright atrocious. Uh, same with Beverly Hillbillies, but people forget these games, and I love I love the reaction when I say, "Hey, did you know there was a Fievel adventure game?" And oh. people, yeah, and people are like, "What? That's my childhood." So I feel like I'm really you know tapping into people's nostalgia and and bringing back memories and teaching them something new maybe they didn't know existed, even from their generation. You know, all these licensed adventure games. Yeah. I mean, you recently just put out a video on uh, on the Warcraft adventure game that never surfaced, that recently surfaced, I guess. That was such a weird thing. I've been looking for that literally, literally like three days before the leak. I'm like, man, I really want to cover this story. It's really interesting. I know my adventure game fans would like it. Three days later, leaked. I have no idea how or why uh, that, that timing was perfect. And, and apparently what leaked is fairly complete. It's it, it is the complete game. Uh, the things that are not complete are more along the lines of um, cutscenes and sound effects and, and stuff like that. But the the whole game you can play it. It took me about like three hours to get through. Oh wait, so, so weird. 
was it like a prototype then if it was just three hours or was that the whole actual game that was the whole game that was the what what really happened and people if you want to watch my video on it i cover the story but long story short um what happened was they did complete the game uh the crash of adventure games happened 1998 that's when this game was set to release. They were using LucasArts as an inspiration, uh, specifically Monkey Island, Curse of Monkey Island, a fantastic game, came out in 97. Yeah, they saw the announcement at E3 for Grim Fandango. Looked beautiful, used a 3D engine. Um, and they saw that and they're like, shit, uh, we can't release this. It is not to our standards. And uh, though nobody admitted that it was a financial decision, it's got to be a factor. I mean, sales yeah. weren't doing well at that time for adventure games. But to be quite honest with you, what I played, it, it wasn't bad. It would not have been a success. But it also, it wasn't, I, I was expecting it to be, I mean, if Blizzard canceled this game, I thought it was going to be a hot mess. Evidently, um, they canceled it pretty further, pretty far on in development. I looked up a quote yeah. uh, on Wired.com. They quote Bill Roper, who was the Blizzard North president at the time around 1998, who said, we were actually creating a traditional adventure game and what people expected from an adventure game. And very honestly, what we expected from an adventure game changed over the course of the project. So I guess that Grim Fandango ad must have really, really scared them <laughs> and their I think it standards. Did for what blizzard had to push out must have been so high yeah that this and project to be honest almost complete just had to get the axe sorry it's okay to be honest the puzzle design i think what really happened was they they had this completed game they brought in a guy from infocom steve moretzky and he worked on really well-known titles text adventure games for infocom uh, Mind Forever Voyaging, and I, I don't know if he worked, I don't want to say Zork with confidence, but I know a Mind Forever vo Voyaging for sure. They brought him in to redo the puzzle design because it was not up to their standards. But think about it. If you have to redo the puzzle design, you have to do redo the animations. You have to redo yeah. almost everything. And they just, yeah. they already pushed it back a year. They're not going to push it back another year when adventure games are pretty much lost uh, in popularity i mean grim fandango that had high hopes it did so well critically and if you look at it today it's on every every top 10 list it, it received accolades and awards and this and that commercially failed commercially it's, failed it's more popular now than it was then absolutely yeah. and would this game have been successful then no and would it have made top 10 lists today no the answer is no across the board so i think hmm. they made the the right decision uh, i do think the game is interesting though i did kind of want to preserve a little piece of that history and it's always kind of it's kind of weird when you see something that's not supposed to be out and you're going to do a video on it and talk about it but i kind of justified it as you know what this was underground for 18 years people worked hard on it uh let's get the story out there and preserve a little bit of that effort and work you know, that went into it. Yeah. Uh, if anything, former Blizzard employees are like, I'm glad this is out there. We worked hard on this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to see it come to light. It's very weird, especially having personally just like delved super deep into Warcraft lore. I'm playing WoW again. Like, I know so much about the universe now and seeing this like <laughs> goofy point and click game that like predates Warcraft 3 and all the stuff that is like quintessential to the series mm -hmm. it's it, it's so weird looking at it i wonder if, i wonder what this would look like if it, if developed 
currently with like I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Fun fact. I think it would do much better today than than it was. Have you guys played Full Throttle or know about the game Full mm-hmm. Throttle? Mm-hmm. That's what it was based on. It was I mean everything down from the UI to the character. Um, mm-hmm. You play Thrall, who is a you know a well known Warcraft character. Uh, he was based right. on a biker dude, so there was kind of there's kind of a tonal problem there with kind of fitting in the lore of Warcraft to this LucasArts game that they were inspired from. It's almost kind of it's kind of disconnected. I'm not sure if I felt like I was playing Warcraft as much as there were just references here and there. And it's like, I know it's Warcraft, but I'm actually playing this other character he was based on and he's a biker dude. And there's some strange, strange, like continuity things tonally for me, at least. I'm wondering how much of a strive for quality really was made, though, because fun fact, (laughs) this is, uh, Animated by the same studio that made the Zelda CDI games. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, animation magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, At the same time, though, it looks much it better. It does look that. way better. Yes. yes. Actually, in people don't realize this, but actually in the mid to late 90s, animation magic, uh, they hired on a lot more employees that were completely capable of doing their job. <laughs> they got their shit and together. They got it. Yeah, they got their shit together, and they did some good work. And actually, uh, I think people are put off when they hear animation magic because they think of Zelda. But if you look at the animated cutscenes, yeah, yeah, everyone does. But if you look at the animated cutscenes I put in my video, they're very good. They they don't look like the Zelda CDI animations at all. Hmm. So that's a, a weird story from many angles. Yeah. 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 Definitely. You have um, animation magic getting their shit together and being good at making <laughs> animated magic around the same time Blizzard decides to just throw away their project. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, it, and interestingly, they had some, I was very impressed, they had some amazing voice actors. So they had uh, Tony J. he does Optimus, Optimus Prime, um, and who else, the Clancy Cube. Brown. Just just really <laughs> quality stuff going on. Um but I assume this was uh, pre Chris Metzen as as Thrall. Pre, yes, yes. Because I think he, well, no, maybe he was already in the company. No, I'm sorry. He, no, he was. He was in the company. He was? Yes, he was. I'm sorry. I, I mentioned him, and I was kind of blanking there. I couldn't visualize his name for some reason. But yes, he's the one who actually was talking to PC Gamer, the PC Gamer magazine, when they had uh, put adverts out for it. Uh, kind of explaining um, what the game was going to be like, uh, et cetera, stuff like that. So I did read. So he was a part of the company at that point. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look into it to see if he voiced Thrall. But, <laughs> and then the game, um, and then the game leaks, and uh, he uh, retires. <laughs> which is, uh, people think that's a, cons- a conspiracy, but I'm like, no. No. nobody retires because oh god lord of the clans got leaked oh my <laughs> life i have to leave like that's not it's a coincidence i'm sure yeah absolutely um speaking of coincidences coincidentally our next topic also has to do with blizzard uh they're they're George. changing battle.net they're gonna rename it it's gonna be the same exact thing but it's not gonna be called battle.net it's gonna be called blizzard something which means that when it goes down you're gonna have to say blizzard something is down rather than Battle.net is down, thus conflating the ho- the company as a whole with its online platform, perhaps causing 
more confusion than what already exists, which is why they're changing the name. Woo! Okay. So yeah, basically, their Blizzard's yeah. longtime internet service thing that they use for all their online gaming is called Battle.net. Most people just call it Battle.net and or Bnet even, and they're just changing the branding because they think it's confusing to people. But like, I feel like it'll be more confusing. Wait, they think it's not Battle.net. They they think saying Battle.net is confusing. Yeah, yeah, because like, it doesn't have not... Blizzard in the name. It's not the Blizzard fun okay. client. It's Battle.net. Okay. Uh... You know, I like, guess to potential new people, maybe. Yeah, but also their their working title that they're referring to it now in the time oh, being is so Blizzard bad. Tech. It's so bad. Which sounds really that bad. Sounds really yeah. bad. Why not just Blizznet or like Blizznet sounds good or something. Blizznet, I really like Blizznet because it's hmm. still Bnet. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I feel like Valve has Steam. You could do a little pun thing like that. Oh, yeah. Know. Like IceNet or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> IceNet. Chill That makes town. sense, though. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Coolville. 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 I'm, I'm going to get I'm, kicked out the window, I'm sure. Let's, let's it's, start a, somebody start a petition, change.org, to ensure that the new Battle.net branding is uh, Coolville. But I, I, I'm afraid that my ideas might create more occasional confusion and inefficiencies related to having two separate identities, which is their stated purpose behind wanting to make the name change. I just feel like they're too big to to change have it? that problem. Yeah. yeah. Although I got to like, admit, like when I was looking for Overwatch, having never used Battle.net in like 15 years, it was a little bit of a process figuring out how it works in comparison to the other clients. Right. Cause it's just like having, knowing what buttons to press to redeem a code is, uh, a little weirder there than it is on the others. You gotta, you gotta, they bury it under a couple more clicks, which isn't necessarily a problem with their name and branding so much as the design of the client. Oh, you yeah. know what weirds I me out is how I need numbers next to my name to add people to the friends list. Yeah, uh, I get it though because it allows everybody's in-game name to remain what they want it. Yeah. Um, and I like it better that they can't change it as opposed to Steam's like change it every five seconds. Uh, oh man, that yeah, gets I don't, I really don't annoying if you're a shit-tier e-celeb like all of your friends list just changing all the time, constantly. It's, yeah, it's and I constantly worst. remove them all the time. Yeah, oh, I don't that'll, know who this guy that'll is. teach him. Yeah, you're a stranger. Yeah. What are you doing on my friends list? Removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Battletech uh, is, is almost as bad as uh, Digital Homicide's name. Oh, oh which was very, very un unfortunate, uh, or fortunate, <laughs> rather, um, foresight on their part for for choosing to name themselves after the actions they commit. Right. Uh, I mean, is it bad or is it apropos? I think it makes complete sense. <laughs> the lines between the two blur because they're doing something bad, but it's very appropriate to the name. Their very existence is avant-garde. It truly maybe the most artistic developers of our this, time. This is this be, actually performance art? It may be the logical <laughs> conclusion of all performance art. Wow, it's deep. Uh, Digital Homicide is apparently doing a lawsuit against 100 anonymous users of Steam for. Uh, Damages and defamations against 
and and quote, personal injury personal injury um they they are suing for 18 million dollars as as compensation 18 million for such personal injury. <laughs> well, well they previously have been suing jim sterling for 15 million dollars which i think is like nothing right now I'm, I'm pretty sure that they have not even like found a lawyer to represent them on that one case but gee i wonder a- why yeah, yeah, can you imagine talking to a lawyer? How do we want to sue for like, oh, I want to say fifteen million dollars? <laughs> like we that's wanna, insane. We want to sue a games critic for critiquing our game for fifteen million dollars. <laughs> like that's, oh. are they trolls? Like are they, they trolls? They could be. They could be. It's it's you know what I would see that as more likely than them being actual real people. You know, at this point. you know what doesn't happen in glorious Nippon. Is uh like frivolous lawsuits and and copyright trolling and well copyright trolling but but you don't I mean I was like climbing Mount Fuji and there there were places on the trail where you could just jump off and die if you wanted to and I feel like in the states that would be like covered by a whole bunch of safety rails because people can just sue anyone for anything over here. Did I just hear anyway. a ghost in the background, Jimmy? Is is that is <laughs> that think, what was think, happening? I think Jimmy's trying to say something. Could be wrong. Is <laughs> there background noise, or, you, or I heard, what happened? Uh, you got anything? You got a response? <laughs> so anyway, digital homicide. Uh, Tech Raptor <laughs> has reported that Judge Aileen Willett, who is currently assigned to the case, has granted. The uh, plaintiff with a subpoena for early discovery. I don't know what that means, but they say it means it obliges Valve to identify and reveal the anonymous Steam users, which might be impossible. Yeah. And also possibly would, illegal. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. this case is a whole bunch of stupid. It's a whole bunch of tomfoolery who, who dicky. Like, why do they still care? Like, I'm sorry, but it is not in me to tell somebody to get over it because I think it's insensitive. But what the hell? Why is this still a thing? I'm sorry at all. These guys should fuck off. Like when you watch that that uh, interview or phone call that they had, (laughs) they're they're justifying their game as a game that they put hard work into, and they really believe that. They really believe that they're they're mm. game developers. So them th- them doing this like it's just an escalation of just already stupid stuff that's been that's been happening with them. Oh my god! But wait, I, no, don't you feel bad on the forums? These anonymous internet users have uh, have have personally harassed this one individual and told him I should kill himself and insulted his family. And if he tries to defend himself against said actions, then he loses his family's income. And if it wasn't for two years of experience <laughs> dealing with steam on a regular basis, this disgusting stance would seem shocking to him, but it doesn't because valve allows people to talk about the video games they sell on forums that they moderate and make. But I guess they this, like barely it, moderate no. and that's the Stop devil's advocate there. argument. Stop right there. I'm literally quoting this is the, the most- guy. Unbelievable! No, stop. This is the most unbelievable thing that this man has ever said. (laughs) Taking uh, uh, because this fear of losing my family's income. How much money are you making on your shit games? It can't be a lot. It's not. There's no way it can be a lot. He says that since that income has been taken away, 
he's now seeking legal representation. <laughs> there's I don't no understand way the logic there. That, Taken away. Temp- <laughs> there's no way that temper tantrum cheap. fucking. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember the other shit. <laughs> there's no way that those games were commercial successes for digital homicide. That, that's what I'm no saying. Like, taken away. Way. Your income wasn't taken away. I don't think it was there in the first place. Well, At now, least yeah. not, that, not from the game. Now that he's started the lawsuit, Valve has actually pulled all the digital homicide games off their store. Yeah. For quote Good. unquote being hostile to Steam users. <laughs> this is the internet. Like what oh my I don't know. Like what, what is what, what do they want? Alive? I they want eighteen million dollars. Do they want they, I mean Yeah, they want eighteen million dollars. They, they saw an opportunity. They saw an opportunity and they want to exploit it. Are they yeah. still like trying desperately to convince people to think differently about their game, to say it's good, to not criticize no, the no. game? Oh, it's all about money now. Yeah, I think they've their their tomfoolery and hoodickery, is, as George put it, has finally reached its climax. To which oh, yeah. they they can throw off their their facade of game development and finally just sue people which right. is what they, they've they always have reached the logical conclusion of performance art. Oh, granted like <laughs> yes. I, I never <laughs> I never condone anyone saying that they should just go kill themselves. I never condone no, that. No, that's of course not. that's Actual totally harassment's wrong. shitty. No, it's shitty. However, you- but they're still stupid. Like I don't condone people harassing people, but these guys are still stupid. Like I'm not yeah. really on their side. I think it's I also don't condone people suing people over saying that you should kill yourself i, I think it's I don't possible think that's to not it's it's not possible people suing think. themselves and also no no i mean it's I, i'm sure it's possible to to not condone people telling other people to kill themselves and also not condone people starting up 18 million dollar lawsuits against anonymous right. nobodies on the internet right like and that's you know i Regardless of not, you know, condoning that behavior, I still I don't have sympathy for them either. No, you know, not at all. Harassment is wrong, but I have no sympathy for these guys. I mean that you guys had told I me mean, they're adults, like in their mid thirties with yeah, kids, and I yeah. I can't wrap my head around that behavior. Some, that has something to do with it. I don't know about you guys, but I've noticed that people tend to go a little crazy once they have kids. That's true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they go this crazy. Sure. I, I don't true, really George. know. I don't really know of an actual response right now. <laughs> I so don't, uh, I don't even know how to address that. I mean, do you guys George, remember here. PTA meetings? So, so everyone so was crazy. So you're you're telling me. When you go see your mom or or dad, they're cra- you you think they're crazy? Oh, they're nuts. They're they're they're, they're nuts so. And you think that children make the parents cr- go crazy. My mom actually likes my channel. That's crazy. Uh, that sounds loving. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Is it crazy? There's there's a conflation between the two that I think gets a little crazy sometimes. And maybe out of love for his family source of income, this guy is willing to go to the end of the earth to, to protect those. What is this? A fucking DreamWorks I ad? I stuff my mouth with water now. I I I, I, I think I think that's part of it that he has all this pressure, and he's looking for an out. 
constantly looking yeah. for it out instead of going out, getting a job. And I know it's not that easy to go out and get a job. I understand that. But like, it, it, he, it, there's got to be other options. There's got to be other options. I mean, yeah. good yo, games. You know, selling the, at drugs. At this point, he's a hindrance to other people now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's he's been an and I mean annoyance is putting it mildly uh to Jim Sterling. I'm sure it's been immensely <laughs> frustrating. And now, you know, you're kind of projecting onto other people and making yourself kinda. look bad. So <laughs> you know, there's there is other options. And no one's saying it, it's easy to just maybe this is his livelihood. I don't know. But at some point <laughs> I, I would just I just want to see sales numbers for all the digital homicide games and all the games all they put out under other names. Ten. If, all, ten. Four? Ten. all four sales. Bro, they put out like twenty five games. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure so twenty sold something. Yeah, they've put out a lot of games, and I can't see any of them. Yeah, as being income worthy. I are think there, sales numbers. Are there twenty think, Metal I Gear games? Twenty. I want to say that one Metal Gear game could be. <laughs> is this is the beginning of a segue? I feel yeah, it. No, yeah, I feel yeah. it. <laughs> on. I feel it. <laughs> okay, make it quick. We're we're really running long on this one. Uh, Kojima. <laughs> Has has some words to say <laughs> about Metal Gear Survival, and those words are: "It has nothing to do with me." The Metal Gear games are about political fiction and espionage. Where do zombies fit in with that? Which is funny because Metal Gear Solid Five has zombies, but yeah, also also funny because every Metal Gear plot point is probably the most ridiculous yeah. plot point in a video game. Yeah. So nano machines. When, when the guy writing that is like. What the fuck are you doing? That's when that's when you know. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen yeah. like interpretations in the comment section saying that something's getting lost in translation here, that it's like actually more about the zombie as a game genre rather than as a fictional genre or as mm. a fictional archetype character. Uh, mm. He says, if I had worked on that game, it would have mechs in it. Yeah, yeah probably true. You know, and also yeah, that was and like pa- a joking statement. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh so yeah, Kojima is is bad mouthing Konami already, like less than Good. less than a year out of the gate. Good. Uh, we know a little bit more about Death Stranding. It uh will have Ooh. some form of co op open world gameplay. Great. Um. Um. But, but what a... yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. This is the oh, thing is, we knew nothing f- about that could have been literally anything. Yeah, that's weird. It's co-op during the single player or something totally different, like a co-op mode. I mean, I, no one can really uh, say that. Weird from Kojima says you can enjoy the story at the same time. Right, right. Wow. There, there okay. are some online so, elements, so maybe okay. it's a Dark Souls thing. Oh man, guys, I I already know. Hmm? One player gets to play as the baby? naked Norman Reedus, and the other player gets to play as the funky fetus. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. And then you get the dance as the funky fetus. It, it's going to be like Kojima's version of uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, with the two-player mode. Perfect. It's great. It's got a 10 out of 10, game of the year, whatever <laughs> year it comes out. Top I, down. I yeah. don't know if I should start my like media blackout of this yet, because I also really don't know how it plays like but i also tend to enjoy games better if i know the le- the the less about them before i play them yeah, i feel like going in blind like this Way to go. through through like my 
cynicism and pessimism, which, you know what, now, now that I've like been on a self spirit journey, I can like admit it's there. I feel like this is news I'm already interpreting poorly that's lowering my expectations that I should have blacked out. Is him using the I words mean, multiplayer co-op and open world to describe something as weird and, and like supposedly creative and out there and wacky and bizarre as Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. Right. You just uh, yeah, are you I, do not have faith in, in Kojima's skills for an open world. I think it's it's just games media and getting jaded over stuff. I, I like think this. it's just ignorance being bliss. I'd rather be ignorant than than yeah. No, no, I'd ra- yeah, I'd rather be blissful than aware and and like having I I want to be surprised like, by stuff. There you go. That's that's a nice polite yeah, way to put it. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to no man's sky. It. Right, right. Well, you were surprised by no man's sky, right? Oh, I played that too for like an hour and then dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) What version? Wow. That's all I needed of that game. Holy. I mean, I I mean, I only played an hour, so, you know, totally biased. Yeah. What what version? Uh, The latest. No, I mean, what platform? Like the PC. (laughs) I would hope it's the PC version. Yeah. 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 yeah, I found out since I made my review that on the PS4 version, you can look around the cockpit using an analog stick and they just never bothered to bind that function onto any of the keyboard controls. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, that's off topic. How did we get back on No Man's Sky? I don't know. Uh, I we what we are doing here on the TOVG podcast is uh, twirling off into the infinite uh, blackness of of space and finding out through prolonged discovery of new things that there is really nothing out there. How nihilistic of you. I like it. So on that note, uh, thanks for coming on again for another podcast. Pushing your presence. Oh, thank you for uh, having where- me. Anytime. It was fun. When 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 can people hear you say where they could find you? What? 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 That's, a lot, that's a lot of words. I said when and I had to go with it. Just <laughs> where, you, where are you on the internet? I think you're asking me to plug my channel if I'm yes. if I'm deciphering deciphering this you gotta correctly. Read the body Absolutely. language. Absolutely. <laughs> the body language. Yes, the, yes. the avatar I'm staring at on Skype. I can so read you. No, can, no, no. We're you, all in a room. Can you hear the face palming? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash pushing up. I almost said that with a lisp. Pushing up roses. It's hard to say my own name sometimes. I get that. Have you ever totally thought of rebranding as pushing up roses? <laughs> I, you know, not until just now have you said, have I thought about that. But now the cog is going. Now the gears are going and I will seriously consider it. I'm pretty sure that somewhere in Japan, I saw a sign Mm. on a subway station that just showed like Pusheen doing something wrong on the subway train (laughs) with like a circle and a slash through it. Perfect. I love that. Uh, Also, you should make a primarily Canadian cuisine revolving channel called poutine up roses I, I was i'm on your wavelength man i was thinking that i'm like ooh, food like my mind went to food <laughs> even when you said pusheen i'm like why wouldn't he not say poutine that makes so much more right. sense it's way more delicious my it brain is. space is such a weird place <laughs> speaking of that where, where can people find that brain space george at youtube.com slash bunny hop show i hope i can have a new video out tomorrow i am so jet lagged i'm like sleeping in the day <gasps> It's it's getting weird, you guys. 
Jimmy, I think you meant to ask him when can they find yeah, when when can we find your channel? Uh 3 p.m. Sick. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Matt, where, Matt, YouTube.com you, you slash visual alert. Oh, I do oh, all the latest go. news from Fucking YouTube drama. Uh we're <sighs> talking about YouTube uh heroes. Uh, I, I next really week. liked your and, takedown uh, of um <laughs> of of what's a guy everyone of leafy leafy yeah, leafy, yeah. leafy is here yeah, yeah you know speaking justice to power saying the words no that need to be bastard. said you really yeah. you, you you have no leash man and i i respect the hustle <sighs> yeah, yeah gotta get gotta get paid you know what i'm saying it's youtube.com slash matt visual <laughs> slash matt visual that's where he's at you can find me at youtube.com slash thundergamer as always, or Sunder CR on Twitter. And with that, we come to the end of another podcast. Uh, who's our guest next week? Matt, you, it's your friend, right? Yeah? Yeah? Uh, yes, yes. We're going to have yeah. Josh Foreman. He is a developer at ArenaNet, um, the game I constantly match on this show, Guild Wars 2. Uh, so he's going to come up. He, he's he's um made a lot of other games as well so he's gonna come and uh, he's another one of my developer friends so. he worked on red right. faction too uh, did he oh sick i just googled him and like, yeah that's taking it way back but but i remember red faction too that was that was a fun one josh well Foreman. anyway let's i maybe this will work this week if you have any questions for our esteemed guests for next week, uh, tweet them at us, and we'll all save them. Actually, or tweet them at Matt. He's my followers at that will definitely have questions, um, hopefully right. related to, <laughs> to regular things and not Guild Wars Two. Yeah, yeah. but if, it's okay if it's a Guild Wars Two question, unless it's like a "When's the next patch?" question. Yeah, don't, oh, don't, when don't, is SAB? Yeah, <laughs> Super Adventure. Back. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah. We're done here. Goodbye. Dun- Dunzo. Goodbye. In the Dunzo. Yeah, Dunzo is don't my favorite George word these days. Yeah, don't 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 <laughs> tell your mom about us. Tell your friends about us. The bush. Look dead in all the pictures anyone takes of you. 